We'd like to welcome you to our worship service today, and this is Pastor Will at Shades of Grace right here in Kingsport, Tennessee, welcoming each one of you by means of virtual media through YouTube, through uh, Facebook Live, and through our podcast. And we'd like for you to go ahead and begin to hit your share button this afternoon and share with your neighbor how many uh, blessings God has given to you and to each of us. I was checking our Facebook account earlier today, and as of the time I checked it on Saturday morning, we had over 2,400 views of our service last Saturday. Can you give the Lord praise for that? We have people from all over the U.S. and in various countries of the world who worship with us and who consider this their congregation and their place of worship, and many of them send offerings and donations for the ministry here since they are far off and unable to be here. So we welcome you, and God bless you today. Miss D, how are you today? Good. All right, do that one more time. All right. Uh, can you greet Miss D? There you go. Now, I did learn some things over the years of working with Dee. I learned this. What does this mean? Applause. Applause. Clap your hands. Okay. <laughs> All right. So, it's good to be in worship. Landon, how are you today? All right. Jeff? Awesome. Awesome. All right. I saw Quinn up here today, and they're going to be assisting with our music. Mark is back there today. We're giving the Shades of Grace band a break for a couple of Saturdays, but we love everybody who participates in our worship services here at Shades of Grace. And let me say, if you want to be a part of worship, then all you have to do is contact me by means of Facebook or uh, private message me or call the church office here Monday through Friday, speak to Jimmy or myself or whoever answers the phone, and let us know what you'd like to do in worship. You can sing, you can play music, you can do all kinds of things in the name of Christ. So we, we encourage that and we welcome that. So would you join me now for prayer? Gracious and loving God, we thank you so much for the mercies of this day. We thank you for your goodness and we thank you for your faithfulness. And we thank you, O oh God, that greater are you in us, greater is your presence in us than anything that this world could bring against us. So we thank you that there is victory in the name of Jesus Christ. And we do all of this today in his name, the name above every name. And would the congregation please say amen. All right. Um, I'm going to do a little song today as this, this is going to be our theme of worship. We're going to be talking about the Good Samaritan. And um, since we didn't do a congregational number today, this little song may bring back some memories for you. It's simply called On the Jericho Road. And if you know it, sing it with me, Betty. You're nodding your head. Can you sing it with me today? As you travel along on the Jericho Road, does the world seem all wrong? And heavy your load just bring it to Christ your sins I'll confess 
on the Jericho Road. Your heart he will bless on the Jericho Road. There's room for just two. Jesus and you, each burden he'll share, each burden he'll bear, there's never a care, for Jesus is there. Oh brother to you, this message I bring. May be gone, he'll cause you to sing at Jesus' command. Sin's shackles shall fall on the Jericho road. You will answer his call on the Jericho road. There's room for just two. Jesus and you, each burden he'll bear, each sorrow he'll share, there's never a care, for Jesus is there. On the Jericho road, there's room for just two. No more, no less, just Jesus and you. Each burden he'll bear, each sorrow he'll share. There's never a care, for Jesus is there. Now can you sing that? For Jesus is there. One more time. For Jesus is there. There are decisions I can't make on my own. I can't face all alone But you said you'd walk with me Down life's troubled roads And you said come on to me I'll bear your heavy load I need you more today Than I did yesterday In the morning, and I fear to fail. 
Cheer that I cry. He knows my name. 
Good job. Can the church say amen? That was great. I love good music, don't you? It kind of helps make up for the mediocre preaching. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm, I like to have fun. You know, God's word never returns void. And I, it is a great joy of my life to proclaim the gospel every opportunity I can. And I'll never apologize for that. You know, I learned many years ago that God called me to be me. And I'm satisfied with that. I, I used to, as a young person, I was 17 when I actually um, became a part of the church. And a couple of years later, felt the call to do ministry and to preach. And we used to have some real, well, I don't know, humdingers, I guess, is what you could say, for evangelists to come uh, to town. And everybody talked about, you know, how great they were, but they were so busy watching how they danced and, and all of this that they couldn't really tell you what the sermon was about. And I tried to be like that for about two weeks. And uh, the Lord said, see, I told you, you got to be you. When I tell that story, I think of Pastor Billy Bird, God bless him, uh, who went on to be with the Lord a couple of years ago at Christmas time. But we spent many, many, many hours in this place uh, talking, and he reminisced about his years of ministry. And um, he said once in a, one of the Methodist churches he was pastoring, Somebody came to him and said, there's a great revival going on down the road at the next church. And said, it's, everybody's coming for miles around and you just, you just got to come. And it's just great. And he said, well, I might do that. But he said, what, what did he preach on? And the lady said, I don't know, but he sure can jump. <laughs> That's a true story. Give us some jumping music. So my goal is that somehow you will be able to understand the message when you leave here today. Uh, clear and concise message from the gospel of Jesus today. I'm going to be talking about the parable or the story that Jesus told of the Good Samaritan. And I wanted to ask you all a question before I read my scripture today. How many of you... Uh, has anyone in here ever had your life saved physically by means of CPR or blood transfusion or, or anything like that? Anybody ever been in that position? A couple of us, a few of us. But when I was 11 months old, and thanks be to God, it's the only time in all my years that I've ever been in the hospital, and I was too little to remember that. But I had to have total blood transfusions to save my life. Now, I weighed two pounds when I was born, and my mom kept me in a banana box to keep me warm. But I had a blood transfusion. Um, my mom's been gone many years. The rest of the family that knew anything didn't know anything, really, because I still don't know what the problem was, except that I had total blood transfusions when I was 11 months old. And then when I was four years old, I fell into a raging stream and was literally drowning and unconscious when my dad found me. My sister went running and, and uh, got my dad to come and, 
anyway, he fished me out of the water and turned me upside down and shook all the water out, <laughs> and I was okay. But that's twice in my life that I can't remember anything about that my life was saved. And I believe that God saves all of us at times when we're not even aware of it. Things happen that we don't even know about. And so um, I want to talk today about a man whose life was saved, literally. And I'm going to read about that. And it's called The Story of the Good Samaritan, and it's on the screen from the Gospel of Luke. On one occasion, an expert in the law stood up to test Jesus. Teacher, he asked, what must I do to inherit eternal life? What is written in the law? He replied, how do you read it? He answered, love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength and with all your mind and love your neighbors as yourself. You have answered correctly, Jesus replied. Do this and you will live. But he wanted to justify himself. So he asked Jesus, who is my neighbor? In reply, Jesus said, a man was going down from Jerusalem to Jericho when he was attacked by robbers. They stripped him of his clothes, beat him and went away leaving him half dead. A priest happened to be going down the same road. And when he saw the man, well, this says when he saw them all. Jimmy, call you out for your first mistake of the year. Oh, he's, ex okay, all right. Well, we have a misspelled word. It could, it could have been grandma, but in this case, it was a man, okay and passed by on the other side. So too, a Levite, when he came to the place and saw him, passed by on the other side. But, everybody say but. A Samaritan, as he traveled, came to where the man was, and when he saw him, he took pity on him. He went to him and bandaged his wounds, pouring in oil and wine. And he put the man on his own donkey, brought him to an inn, and took care of him. The next day he took out two pieces of money and gave them to the innkeeper. Look after him, he said, and when I return this way, I will reimburse you for any extra expense that you may have. Which of these three do you think was a neighbor to the man who fell into the hands of robbers. And the expert in the law said, the one who had mercy on him. And Jesus told him, go and do thou likewise. I want you to notice in the story that Jesus told, they were all traveling on the same road. Uh, I've been on a number of trips to the Holy Land, I guess about 13 or so at this point in my life, and I lead tours there from time to time. And I've traveled on the old Jericho Road. Today, there's a modern four-lane highway that takes you from Jerusalem down to Jericho. But in the days of Jesus, 
It was a long and winding road. Didn't somebody sing a song about that one time? The long and winding road. And so, uh, who was it? The Beatles. I thought so. I'm testing you all on your musical skills here today. But anyway, this was a long and winding road, but everybody traveled it, but it was known for its danger. And so on this particular day, this one man had fallen victim of the robbers and the thieves who were waiting for easy prey. They robbed him of whatever possessions he had, and they beat him within an inch of his life, and the Bible says left him half dead. And there he was, naked and bleeding, in the ditch. They were all traveling the same road. You and I are all traveling the same road of life. Somebody said we're all in the same boat. We're not necessarily in the same boat, but we are all in the same storm, aren't we? And we're all in this journey called life. And we all have decisions to make. And as the song I sang earlier, there's room for just two on the Jericho Road. That's Jesus and you, Jesus and me. You see, it doesn't matter what everybody else is doing, does it? But it matters what I do in the name of Jesus Christ. It matters how I am obedient to the Lord and how I walk out my faith and share the witness of my faith with others. Now, I asked you that question a moment ago. How many of you has ever had your life saved literally? And I've been thinking a lot about that as I told you the two occasions in my younger days in my life when my life was literally saved. Um, I do not know whose blood I was given and that really doesn't matter to me and it wouldn't matter too much to you. I hope that if you were in need that someone comes to your need. We don't stop and ask, well, is this person worthy? Does this person meet other qualifications, does this person meet my expectations in life? We simply do the right thing. It is never wrong to make the right choice. And so as they're going down the Jericho Road, the two people that are listed in the story that Jesus gave were the religious leaders of the day, the priest and the Levite. They were the people who took care of all of the things in the temple and to do with the law religiously of that day. The Good Samaritan that we read about today is a very popular and powerful old story that reaches and teaches the very foundation of what it means to live the Christian life, right? But do we keep the spirit of the Good Samaritan's message in our daily life? Or is it just something we read about? Is it just something that somebody else did? Or is it something that may apply to us at one point in our life and then we give it no more thought? There's some lessons to learn from the story of the Good Samaritan. Now, first of all, it's called a parable. How many of you know the definition of a parable? Do you know what it means? It's really a story that Jesus gave with a spiritual application, but he uses physical and natural things of life to explain a principle about kingdom living. Remember last week, if you were here, or if you listened to the message, 
we talked about the kingdom of God and the choices that we make that allow us to participate fully in the kingdom of God. Okay, so how does this story apply to you today? Like I said, there's only room for two people on the Jericho Road. That's Jesus and you and you and you and me. But we take it on an individual basis. You see, we're all responsible for our own decisions in life. And so in this particular story, uh, Jesus explained that the way to eternal life is to love God and to love our neighbor as we love ourselves. And of course, the people, and that phrase really stands out to me every time I read it, this expert in the law, this lawyer, as he is called in the stories, begins to try to justify himself by asking questions. And we should never worry about trying to justify ourselves if we're doing the work of the Lord, right? It needs no explanation. We simply do what we do in the name of Jesus Christ and leave the results up to him. We're planting seeds. We're scattering seeds. And we're watering seeds and crops. But only God can give the increase. You remember that old poet that says, only God can make a tree? You remember that? Only God can grow a tree. And so our faith story begins with the decisions that we make as individuals. And then we live that out all the days of our lives in one way or another. But Jesus used this parable to explain who our neighbor is. Now, we're going to talk about who the Samaritan is, first of all, and who the Jewish people are in the story. At that time, and for many centuries, the Samaritans and the Jews had no dealings with one another. Remember the story of the woman at the well? A very familiar story of the woman who came alone in the heat of the day to draw water because she apparently, in my way of interpreting the scriptures, didn't want to be ostracized by the other people who were there to draw water from the same well. And so she went at a time when it was hot. I've been there in the Middle East when it reaches well over 100 degrees, and it's probably that right now this week if you go there. But I've also been there when I've seen snow on the ground. It's a very uh, varied type of climate. And so um, the story there was that the Samaritan woman was sitting on the well and she met Jesus as he came and sat down to rest. And it's the, it, he begins to break down the barriers of racism and the classes of life that we use to divide people. How many of you know that Jesus came to build bridges and not to build barriers? Can the church say amen? That's the truth. We need to be bridge builders rather than bridge burners. Sometimes we burn the bridges with the people who care the most about us and who have the best interests for us, maybe because we don't understand really at the time how much that is going to impact our lives in the future. But the Samaritans didn't associate with the Jews. 
And yet, in this story, it was a Jewish man who had been beaten almost to death, and the, the Jewish people, the religious authorities, did not want to get involved. Now, there's a lot there that I could say. You'll have to study it for yourself. But there were laws of Moses that they observed that precluded them or prevented them from touching uh, blood of another person or maybe to touch a dead corpse. And in their mind's eye, they may have thought he was already dead and they weren't going to get close to touch him or else they would become unclean. There, there's a lot of things involved that the religious leaders strictly observed in that day so that they themselves would not have to be considered impure or unclean and have to set out for a bit of time until they were clean again ritually. There's a lot involved in that. But on this particular story, the Samaritan man stopped and got involved in the situation when the religious people did not. He was the one who did what was right. On that particular day, it wasn't important that the Jewish rabbis, the leaders, the priests were passing that road. It was who is going to do God's will. See, Jesus said, it's not enough to just say, Lord, Lord. You know, in the world today, people say, Lord, Lord. Everybody calls on God. But Jesus said the important thing is you call on God, but then to the best of your ability, you do the will of God. You see, to say we're going to do something isn't enough, we have to back it up with some actions. It's like I always say, Christianity is an action word. It's a verb. It denotes action. It means doing something. The scripture says, be ye doers of the word. And who is the word? Jesus. Capital letters, W-O-R-D. Be ye doers of Jesus Christ. Don't just say, I wish you well. You know, James in the New Testament, in the book of, um, well, in the book of Acts, when the church came into existence and we're still in the season of Pentecost and the church and what it means and the Holy Spirit and being led by the Spirit. And James, who was the half-brother of Jesus, was the pastor at Jerusalem at the first church. And James said, it's not enough to see somebody in need and say, God bless you. You know, that's one thing I really dislike about social media is that people can put on a real sincere need or request and say, please, somebody help me, pleading for help. And you get this long, long list of people say prayer, prayers, praying, right? Well, that's good, and I hope they are, and I hope we do. But how much of that is backed up by actions, right? I mean, really, praying is what we ought to do, but that's only one part of it. The rest of the prayer is doing what he says to do. Be the hands and feet and voice of Jesus Christ in the world today, okay? And so it was the uh, Samaritan who actually stopped being the true neighbor, being the man who did the right thing. 
And so that's where we get the word Good Samaritan from. You know, how many of you remember, I don't know if it's AAA, you can help me out, but there's something I remember reading, get the little things in the mail about the Good Sam Club. Y'all familiar with that? Shows the little cartoon with the halo around his head. And is, that, is that part of AAA or what is that? What is it? Camp, campgrounds. Oh, sorry about that. I'm, hey, you're speaking well. I'm listening in Appalachian. <laughs> campgrounds, okay. Well, that, that just wasn't the answer I was looking for, but I guess it's the right answer, okay? I was thinking it was insurance or something. Okay, thank you for clarifying that, all right? And I guess that does make sense. Uh, who does? They say like a good neighbor, yeah, like a good neighbor, but the one I'm thinking about is the Good Sam Club, and I'm not talking about Sam's Club, right? You don't leave there being quite as happy as you go sometimes, right? You think they'll kick me out for false advertising here, Jimmy? <laughs> they might. <laughs> if, if your uh, live feed goes off tomorrow at 4 o'clock, you know we've been censored, Right? That's okay. Now, listen, we've had a little bit of fun. Now, if, you, if your neighbor's not smiling right now, I want you to reach over and tickle them, okay? Because everybody ought to be on the same page. By the way, Officer Clark, smile at me. We're glad Officer Clark is with us today, right? Hope you're doing good today. All right. And uh, I hope that he's smiling just like he is now and that I can smile like I am now when that blue light special comes up behind me sometime. Okay, now we've got everybody laughing because you all relate to that, right? We all relate. Okay, so the Good Samaritan did what is right. He represents the person who does the right thing even when nobody else is doing it, right? Even, I remember my mom used to say something to the fact that it don't matter if everybody else is doing it, right? You ever heard that? You ever been given that advice? But in Christianity, let's follow the example of Jesus and love everybody. I read a, a thing on a church sign that made more sense to me than a whole lot of things I read and it was talking about being fishers of men. Remember, Jesus said, come and I'll make you fishers of men. And the sign said, you catch them, let God clean them. Amen. It's not my job to be the judge. It's not my job to straighten up somebody's life. It's my, not my job to defend anything. It's my job to scatter the seeds, to love people, and let God sort it all out, right? That's all we can do. Preach it. Thank you. Can I say that again? Preach it. Okay. But it, it is true. You know, it, it took me many years of ministry as a pastor. You know, we grow in our faith. We grow in our understanding of what we do. And, and I've tried to be a faithful pastor over the many years that I have done this kind of work. But honestly, it's only been in the last eight years 
that I have truly learned more about how to pastor God's people, right? I, I really have. I'm learning. It, this is a proving ground, and I'm so grateful for this opportunity because for all the years in pastoring traditional churches, everybody's pretty much the same, thinks the same, looks the same, and, you know, one gets mad at you, they all get mad at you, you know. And we're going to run the preacher out of town, right? Uh, all of that kind of stuff. Now, I see here a couple of people laughing back there. So y'all must have been in those kinds of situations before. But what I love about being here at Shades of Grace is there is a challenge just about every five minutes of the day. And I'm not talking about when we gather here on Saturday mornings to worship, but I'm talking about the other Monday through Friday experiences. And I'm learning, and I have learned, and I'm continuing to learn how to be a better neighbor because I'm learning that people who are into all kinds of situations, are they are all my neighbor. They're all our neighbors. You know, just a few months ago, maybe three months ago, uh, a friend, Miss Josephine Morrison, passed away. She's 105 years old. She was a friend to this ministry, and she was a member at Waverly Road Presbyterian Church. And I miss her. I think about her a lot and her wisdom. But she came in here one day and talked to Steve and me when she was 102 or 103 years old. She came in and sat down in the office and we talked and she was over 100 years old and she was still interested in how to be a neighbor. And she was asking me about the people we serve, the people we reach out to, the people that we try to extend gratitude and grace and thanksgiving to in life. Those we call the last, least, lost and lonely. Sometimes not a friend in the world that they know of. And she always said, these are our neighbors. And I'm so glad, you know, to hear that from someone that's 100 plus years old. And I hope that if God lets me live 100 years old, that I'll be able to say the same thing, that I could understand more now. You know, that song they sang a few moments ago, I love him more today than I did yesterday. That's true, isn't it? And we're learning more today than we learned. If, if we're not closer to God in some way today than we were yesterday, then we need to step up our walk just a little bit. We need to step up the pace. Now that doesn't mean you might backslide and fall all the way to the bottom before the sun sets today, right? Amen. But you don't stay down there. You climb back up. You find the same ground you were on and you keep building from that. I remember one of our former bishops, Bishop Swanson, and he um, said someone asked him a question one day, do Methodists believe in backsliding? And he said, my answer was believe it while we practice it. <laughs> I thought that's a real honest answer because that's exactly how I feel about it. Not that I'm proud about it, but we're all gonna slip back. We're all gonna fall back. We're all gonna fall down, but we build 
a deeper foundation and keep going. You know, I heard the story once, and I don't know how that relates to this, but a poor old donkey fell into a deep pit. And this old donkey was sure to die. There was no water, no food, no shelter, no uh, cool breeze, no sh shade. And he was doomed to die. And so the old farmer came along and said, well, he's going to die. I might as well just start shoveling the dirt in on him and bury him and be done with it. And every shovel full he would throw in, the old donkey would get up enough energy and he would step on it and build a little bit of a step and they'd throw in more dirt and he would tamp it down and you get the story, after a long period of time, the old donkey refused to be covered up. He just used what was thrown on him as a stepping stone and pretty soon he was up at the top and free. And that's what we have to do as people of faith, right? We have to do that. This man who was lying in the ditch, near dead, couldn't help himself. But somebody did. And I love the story of the Good Samaritan. It teaches a lot of lessons to us. But I believe the real heart of the lesson is really, as I've already said, love. Somebody said you preach too much about love. Well, when we master it and figure out that we're doing it rather than preaching about it, then I'll find a different sermon. Amen? And when I am able to say that I love like I need to love, then I'll find a different sermon. But for me, you know, I, I, one of the great preachers of the civil rights uh, movement, and I can't remember who it was, it could have been Dr. King, it could have been others, but said, I have decided to stick with love because hate is too big of a burden to bear. We never go wrong if we're on the side of love, the side of grace, the side of mercy, the side of forgiveness, not looking at the person for the label that the world has put upon him or her. I hope that the only labels that I ever hear about in this place, as long as I'm here, is what you have in the back of your shirt. Right? I don't like labels. We live our lives with labels. People, you know, putting labels on us to divide and to separate and to all of these kinds of things. We don't need that, right? We need to build each other up and to bridge that gap and to use the things that are meant for evil as goods for our benefit to help build us up a little bit higher, even when we're down about as low as we can get. You know, conflict, my goodness, we read about it. I took a few days off this week. I left on Sunday. I came back on Wednesday night. I went to Pennsylvania to the Poconos. And the first thing I did when I turned on the TV Monday in the hotel was to see what we all heard about, the, another shooting, this one in the Chicago area. And I thought there's just so much conflict and you read about the Ukraine and how that just doesn't seem to have a resolve and, and how the former prime minister of Japan was assassinated yesterday right in the public crowd and, and the conflicts that are all over the globe 
today. And the mistrust among people, the mistrust even among preachers and among Christians and among people of faith and among different faith groups and hatred that so often is camouflaged in Christianity. It just becomes religious stuff without love. The Bible says if you don't do it in love, it's no more than a jingling symbol. Anybody got wind chimes on your porch? How many likes the wind chimes? I like to hear the wind chimes on a real gentle day. It's just something about it. But how do they sound when the storm comes, the wind is blasting, and they get all tangled up and they're just making a big noise? That's what the scripture says our witness is. No matter how religious we try to dress it up, if it's not done in love, it's just a mass of confusion. Groups of people separate from each other. Families alienated from their loved ones separate one another. And prejudices and segregated neighborhoods and people still will not associate with others based on all sorts of criteria. You know, Jesus was proud to associate with those known as sinners in the world, right? He loved everybody. I remember Pastor Regina shared something with me in a group a long time ago, and I've mentioned it several times, so you know it, it struck a chord with me. But she said the signs of a dying church is when everybody looks alike. Everybody believes alike. Everybody thinks alike. And they just sit there and die. And I think of the story of the four lepers in the Old Testament. And they knew they were in a famine and they knew that there was an enemy camp and they knew that if they sat there, they were surely going to starve to death. And if they went into the city, they were going to be stoned to death. And they thought, what have we got to lose? Why do we sit here until we die? Let's get up and face life. And that's what we have to do. And somehow that message rings true to me in the story of the Good Samaritan. Don't be just a hearer of the word only, but be a doer of the word. Get out there and make a difference. Every little bit counts. Every little bit helps. Love one another as I have loved you. And you know, the challenge was no easier for those who heard Jesus speak those words, those religious lawyers and experts in the law than it is for any one of us today sitting here at Shades of Grace in 2022 and listening to those words because human nature remains the same, doesn't it? Human nature is always the same. So we need the Holy Spirit of Pentecost to move upon us, to overshadow us, to baptize us, 
and to indwell us and send us forth. Remember, we've been talking a lot in the season of Pentecost about being sent forth. You know, up until Pentecost, Jesus was saying, come, come and follow me, come and do this. But after Pentecost, he was saying, go, go out into all the world, beginning in Jerusalem, beginning in Judea, and continuing on the Jericho Road. Not with just the people you like, not with just the people who look like you or think like you, but everybody, everybody is my neighbor. And as I close this today, let me say, if there's anybody that you feel hatred against, then you're not walking in the Spirit. Can the church say amen? We have to love. That's the challenge. That's the whole point of this. It, like the religious experts of the law, anybody can quote the scriptures and dissect the words and give you all the original meanings of it. But it's what do we do after we learn all of that? Do we love people? The Bible says, if you meet someone who is without food or without help, it's not enough for you to say, well, God bless you. I hope somebody feeds you after a while. Or God bless you. I hope that someone gives you a pair of shoes. You know, yesterday, and I close with this, we were here on Friday and we were going to close at 11 o'clock as we'd been doing the week, most of this week, even though I wasn't here, Steve and Mark and Jimmy and others, Michelle, have been in the building working as always, but they're trying to keep limited hours. And all of a sudden, things just kept happening and people knocking on the door. And then a youth minister from one of our local Methodist churches showed up here with a family. There were four in the, there was actually five in the family, but one of the children was with someone else. But he brought a family here, and we didn't get out of here until, what was it, Steve, between one and two yesterday. We thought we were getting out early. But this is what happens at Shades of Grace. But this family, through a long process of events that I can't go into and no need to go into, it doesn't matter how people get where they are. It's a matter that they're there. It didn't matter how the man in the ditch got there. The fact is... When he was in there, he needed help. And this pastor, youth pastor, had already uh, met the people, done the background check. They, they were just good people who fell through the cracks and ended up homeless. And they've been sleeping in their car a couple of nights. He's working, but he'd been taking what he was getting paid day by day to stay in a motel and then sleep in the car. I mean, it's just one of those situations. And he's got approved for housing, but the problem is there is very, very little housing that's affordable. You know, there, there's some houses, but people who are on a very limited income or making minimum wages cannot possibly uh, do everything and buy groceries. We, we have more and more people. Let's see, Jimmy, tell me, I think in the month of June, just passed, we gave out 93 
food boxes. I'm not talking about the brown bag lunches. We gave out way over a thousand of those in a month, probably 1,400. But these are food boxes, emergency boxes filled with food for families. 93 in the month of June. Mark is uh, the person who meets a lot of the people at the door now and I think Jimmy bought him a calculator here a couple of weeks ago, a little thing where every time somebody comes, he can click on it. And we got an accurate count because we never really kept a count before, we just do. But the only reason we count is to make sure that we do our shopping in time uh, to not run out, you know, make sure that we're always on top of the inventory. And many of you, many people who view this, many churches in our community help facilitate that ministry of food. Um, we couldn't do it without partnerships. So it's all of us together, but it begins with just Jesus and you, Jesus and me on the Jericho Road. I hope that you have been blessed by what I have shared today with you. And I pray that something will encourage you and inspire you to go out and be the person that God is calling you to be in the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord. If you need prayer today for any reason before you leave this building, please come to me, come to Steve, come to Pastor Michelle. We will be here if you need prayers. We will pray with you. We will pray for you today. And uh, don't leave if you have that need in your heart. God bless you. Go in peace in the name of Jesus Christ.